Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. We have a terrific show for you today. I really can't wait to get to it, but I will, because first we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back, and as promised, we have a terrific show for you today. I'm very excited uh, to introduce our guest. He is Anthony Gleason. He is president and co-founder of the Gleason John Drill Companies. But, no, not more importantly, but at least for this moment, more importantly, Tony is the winner of this year's Alumni Achievement Award, as presented by Business West. That is 40 Under 40 Gala last week. Tony, congratulations and welcome. Thank you, George. Uh, it's a great honor, our Alumni Achievement Award, and uh, you are very worthy of that, as we'll get to in a minute. Uh, first, a minute or two about uh, that Alumni Achievement Award. Uh, we started this uh, several years ago, 2015, I believe, and uh, we presented to our 40 Under 40 winner who has continued to build on their resume of, of work uh, in their chosen profession and in the community as well. And you, you certainly... Uh, fit that bill. Uh, you, you've done a lot. Your uh, nomination and your resume are, are very impressive, and uh, we're going to get into all that. But uh, start by telling us about the Gleason John Drell companies. You were a 40 under 40 winner, I think it was back in 2010, and uh, you were only, I think, 24 at that time. Uh, but this is a uh, landscaping and, and snow removal company that you started when you were 14. Well, I was 16 years old because I, I, I would have started when I was 14, but I would I need a driver's license to get from point A to point B. So that was the big hold back there. But yeah, the company started when I was 16, you know, and I, I just picked up a few accounts here or there. Well, of course, I was still in high school and I was, you know, doing as much work as I could in between school requirements and, you know, trying to have fun with my friends, of course. But, you know, by the time I was 18 and ready to graduate. Um, we already had three or four employees and maybe 60 or 70 residential accounts. And we were really growing at a clip. And it was probably in the 2010 period to 2012, where we really started gearing more towards the commercial work and larger contracts and, and really ramped up since then. And it's just been a uh, snowball effect, you know, year after year, and we've done well. Snowball effect, no pun intended. Now, you are now one of the, I believe, 30, 31, 32 largest snow removal companies in the whole country. Yeah, as well as Canada. Um, you know, and I've, I've read... a lot of snow up there, yeah. They do. I've, I've read that there's approximately 275,000 of us. So to be included on that list in the top 50 year over year, and we've been as low as 32, um, it's just such a great honor. But at the end of the day, it isn't all about revenue. Um, you really have to focus on profitability. And that's constantly the struggle because the environment, the business environment around us changes 
almost weekly these days. So, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about it. This is not a business that we, we talk about uh, very often. Uh, a lot of uh, residential and commercial people rely on snow removal companies, but we don't get a chance to talk. This is a highly competitive business, uh, as I'm sure most of our listeners understand. And there's probably a lot more that goes into it than people think. Uh, talk about how you uh, get a foothold in this business and, and how you grow to be 32nd largest in the country and Canada. Sure. So the best way that I describe it when, when talking to a new audience, you know, trying to gain understanding on the operations and all that goes into preparing for a snow removal event is I basically say, you know, forget it being the winter. Let's just picture, you know, a nice sunny day in July, but try to contact 200 employees and mobilize 150 pieces of equipment, vehicles or loaders or large pieces of equipment to a certain, to respective areas throughout Western Mass, Connecticut, Eastern Mass for a 3 a.m. start time. And when I say it like that, I, I say, just get them there. Never mind doing the actual work and never mind braving the elements that might be, you know, 17, 18 degrees with, with snow coming in an inch an hour. Just the task of trying to mobilize mm -hmm. the staff and equipment, even on an 80 degree sunny day would be a challenge for many. And then when you add the snow removal element and combine it with a possible shift that might range all of 24 hours or multiple days at a time to clean up a snow event, it really takes a lot of planning and mental fortitude. And there's crazy ups and downs throughout the snow event because one second things can be going great and the next, um, you know, things can be going poorly and you, you have to adapt and change constantly. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And this is something that you've kind of grown into over the years. You've now got some some major accounts in this area of UMass Amherst, I believe, the entire city of Springfield. What are some of the others? Um, we're doing a lot of work for Trinity Health down in Hartford, Connecticut. So St. Francis Hospital, their main campus, as well as Mount Sinai and parts of Providence Hospital over in Holyoke. Uh, we're, we're doing the campus of Smith & Wesson over in Springfield as well. And then... Um, you know, just a lot of other mid-sized commercial accounts in the area to go with the Springfield and UMass Amherst. Now, all those accounts probably had somebody plowing their snow before. How do you uh, how do you storm the gates and get accounts like that? Well, I've learned a long time ago that being the cheapest is not going to work in your favor in most cases. So we've tried to position ourselves to be the most qualified, the most equipped with the most knowledge and resources to, to do the work as efficiently as possible and minimize liability for our clients. I think that's the key to this is that they're able, we're in an industry where the client is able to 100% shift the liability of any possible slip and falls or litigation to the contractor. So we really have to be prepared um, and efficient so that when we take on that liability, we know that we're reducing our own at the same time. And to answer your question regarding, you know, how to gain or garner some of these contracts, some of them are through, you know, public bids, which adhere to the public bidding laws, and you have to be the lowest responsible and most qualified bidder. And in those cases, we have been. Hmm. So uh, what's in the business plan? Where do we want to go from here? 
Well, we want modest and steady growth, um, especially with the environment we're in now where there's so much changing. We have to be extremely careful about everything we take on and make sure that it makes financial sense for the company. But, you know, we are looking at further opportunities and, you know, if we could grow 10 to 15% year over year from here on out, that would be great. Some years in the past, we were growing at more than 100% through the, wow. the heavy growth range, but we want to taper that off and, and just do it modestly and intelligently and what, you know, just what makes the most sense for the, for the operation. Now you're a regional company. You go down into Connecticut, obviously, and uh, in this state, probably what West to Worcester maybe, or. Well, we go out to Boston. We actually do the landscaping at 57 or 58 of the MBTA stations. We handle that contract for, for the T as well. So we're out in Boston. We, the other day we just bark mulched every location in one day. So that was a, you know, big, big job that we did for them. Okay. Well, there's much more that goes into this AAA award. That uh, was, we call it the alumni achievement award. Uh, just your own business. You've got a growing real estate portfolio as well. You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. It was, it was probably in early 2014 when I started buying commercial real estate or various properties throughout the region. And we've just grown it year over year since then. Um, I've done countless hours of research, you know, every night I'm just researching that industry and learning as much as I possibly can, because I feel it's just extremely important to be as educated as you possibly can with the things that you're doing. And um, I've always had a passion for it as I, I, when I compare the real estate industry to some of the challenges in our landscape and snow removal industry, I just see so many benefits and easier paths for my future. So that's the reason for that, for that growth. I mean, it, it, I don't have to go into too much detail to explain that it's a challenge to deal with, you know, staffing 200 people during a, a snow event and possibly staying awake for three to four days. And I don't want to do that 25 years from now. So <laughs> I need, I need to shift gears to put myself in the best position. And that's why we've growing our real estate holdings and, and those companies as well. Okay. Well, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. Uh, we are talking with Anthony Gleason II. He is president and co-founder of Gleason Jondro Companies. And as I explained at the top, the winner of the 2022 Alumni Achievement Award is presented at Last week's 40 Under 40 Gala. Congratulations again, Tony. Uh, now, this award, uh, for those of you who uh, may not know, we've uh, been presented over the years to people, like I said, who have just continued to uh, grow their resume, uh, not just in terms of the work that they do, but the work uh, that they do in the community as well. And this is where I think your company has really kind of picked it up in recent years, uh, especially with the spirit of Springfield. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Sure. Um, so our, our company is just always thrilled to, to lend a hand to the spirit of Springfield. They do so many great events for the community and so many of our employees live in, you know, reside in Springfield, Mass. And they they thoroughly enjoy some of the work we do uh, for the pancake breakfast. It's, it's something they look forward to every year. We need 15 to 20 people and we usually have a list of 40 volunteers that want to work that day for us um, because they just love doing it and um, we have to kind of pick and choose who gets to to do that um, but 
we're involved in that. We're, we're manning food stations and trying to handle some of the operations. And quite honestly, some of that credit um, should absolutely go to our operations manager, Bill Metzger, who, who is heavily involved in, in that, in that uh, event and other events for the spirit of Springfield as well with my support. And, um, you know, in addition to that, we're, we've also taken on some other projects in Northampton. We built the basketball court uh, free of charge. We, we uh, donated all of our labor and resources to build a, um, a basketball court next to Ryan Road School for a, um, a classmate of mine that, that passed away at an early age. And I, I just like doing things that have a direct impact, you know, that you can almost see immediately, you know, the benefit of such. And, you know, I drive by that school every day and see you know, so many kids out there playing basketball and it's just, it's just a good feeling to be able to give back. So your company, uh, like you said, is involved. How do you go about deciding in which directions you're going when it comes to giving back and, and which groups uh, you devote your attention and your, your support to? I, I think it comes down to if I feel like our contribution or what we're doing for the organization is, is going to have an impact commensurate with the value in which we're giving, you know, and I think that that's uh, an analogy and an analysis that is looked at on a case by case basis. Um, we're always looking at, you know, other opportunities um, day in and day out, but I, with the spirit of Springfield, I just, I, especially that pancake breakfast, I see, you know, three, 4,000, 5,000 people on the streets. And for the 20 people that we commit to it versus all the kids that are just having a great time looking forward to this, you know, it's it just worth it. it. It just seems like it's the right thing to do. And so many people are happy because of it. All right. Well, I'd like to talk to entrepreneurs, especially about just being an entrepreneur and, and, the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs. Take us all the way back to when you were 16 years old, um, kind of just getting started. Did you, did you ever think that you would be where you are today in terms of the size and the scope of your company? And talk about what it's taken to get there in terms of the, the commitment and, and all that's involved in this. Sure. So I think the first well, the first thing is, if you told me where I was today when I was 16 and, and gave me the parameters of it all, I, I would definitely be surprised and astounded at the success, but I probably would have also thought it was far easier than it was. I mean, this was definitely a challenge to get from point A to point B. I remember the first lesson I learned being in business was simply just the difference between a cash flow problem and a successful business. What I mean by that is, when you're 16, 17, 18 years old and you're out there providing service on essentially a 60-day credit to your customer base, you're you have a lot of people that owe you money and you might and you might have a very successful business that's doing well, but you don't have the money in hand. And learning those lessons and how to as as it evolved, how to establish the proper banking relationships to, you know, finance short-term cash flow issues and all of the things that come with that was quite the lesson. And it, and it, and it probably was a two to three, four year lesson to really gain an understanding of what's, what's needed. And then you, and you have to under, and that's an evolving lesson because as your business grows, those needs 
change from time to time. And, and you always have to make sure you're positioned properly to handle all of those ups and downs. And um, I think that's the biggest thing that's that entrepreneurs face. Sometimes, sometimes they pay themselves once a year, you know, sometimes they pay themselves every week, depending on how companies are doing. And, and you have to be able to, you know, weather that storm through the good times and the tougher times. What's your best advice to somebody who's maybe that 16 or that 18 year old or that 20 year old that's looking to get their own business started? I assume you're doing some mentoring of, of entrepreneurs. What's your best advice to them? My best advice would be to constantly educate yourself on what you're doing. And maybe that's not through a formal education means or system, or, you know, if you elect not to go to college or spend three hours every night reading about your, your chosen field, gaining industry knowledge for what you want to do, looking at real life examples, even if you're just reading internet articles about businesses that are similar to the ones that you want to dive into. I mean, that's indispensable knowledge when you can just look at real life examples or, or historical data of what people have done in the past and, 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 and just don't dismiss the educational part of it. And for me, it's fun. I don't even realize I'm doing it when, you know, I'm just spending two to three hours at night looking at some of these things, but it, I think it's an extremely important part of what I do mm-hmm. is just the daily industry knowledge, catch up and, and furthering the education of both the real estate industry and our landscape and snow industry any industry for that matter. There are ups and downs. There are good times and there are bad times. How do you, how do you power through the, the difficult trying times to, to get to the good times? It's, it just, you have to have a long-term focus. If, if you have a short-term lens, you're always going to have a negative outlook because if I had a short-term lens in our company, I mean, you could find something that doesn't go as planned every single day. And I think that's the same for any business owner. You know, if you're going to get hung up on the little things, you're going to lose sight of what the long-term goals are. So I I think when things aren't going as planned, stick to your principles, stick to your morals, stick to what you've set out as the long-term plan, your vision and, and continue to try to execute. And um, I just felt like the harder you work and the more energy and effort you put at something, eventually good things will happen. You know, it it will pay off. And then also rationalizing and being able to recognize that maybe sometimes it won't. And one of the best things you can do is to pivot and change and adapt and go in a different direction when needed. It's, It's being able to recognize those scenarios and steering the ship the the best and best possible way you can. Okay. All right. Well, that's great advice and uh, really uh, glad we had you on the show today. Congratulations again on the alumni achievement award and continue. Good luck Thank to you, you moving forward. Uh, uh, you're very worthy of having your name on that award. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. Congratulations again. Thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.